Well, thanks for joining us today and all of you that are watching via live stream or maybe you're watching later today or uh, sometime this week. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. And uh, it's such a great church to be part of, Shepherd's Gate Church. Amen. You agree with that? And if you're new, maybe you've been coming, this is your first week or, or maybe a few weeks in, we really hope that you sense the warmth of Shepherd's Gate. We really hope that you sense the community of this place. And it's really fun for us in leadership to hear over and over and over again how in just a few weeks of attending here, you can really actually feel like you belong here, like this is really truly a place that you can call home. And so as we were looking at this sermon series, as we were talking about the different topics we should cover, there was no way that we couldn't address the value that we place on small groups when we're talking about this is us, because this really truly is us. And I'll explain it this way, this is us, because 38 years ago this church started with seven families that met in a home. And we're kind of a relatively young church, and to think 38 years later, we have 35 small groups that meet all over Metro Detroit, makes up over 400 adults. And we have about 500 family units that call Shepherd's Gate home. I mean, it's absolutely incredible what God has done in and through this place. And then when you add in all of the Bible studies that take place during the week, we have Bible studies on almost every day of the week, in the morning and at night, and so many of them, they're, they're centered on God's word, but they also function as small groups. And so really, we have, a, we have a lot of people connected to each other here at Shepherd's Gate. But we also know that there's a certain segment of our church that still hasn't maybe yet crossed over that line, right? There's still some people that are very hesitant, like I said earlier, when they know that we're talking about this, they're like, oh great, I wish I would have just stayed home, right? Or I wish someone would have told me so I could have skipped because they're kind of convinced that maybe this isn't for them. In fact, I used to do the talk in discovery class. I used to be the one that would try to give the compelling reason for joining a small group. And several years ago, I was up there and I was just very passionate about my presentation and walking through scriptures and why God values small groups. And I got to the end of my presentation and this one dad, he was there with his wife and kids, he raised his hand and I thought, oh, here we go. Here's my first guy, he's gonna be in a group. And he raised his hand and I called on him and he said, here's my feeling, can you just put me down as someone that 100% for sure knows that he does not wanna be in a small group ever? <laughs> Let me tell you, as a public speaker, that just makes you feel really good, right? <laughs> so I went back, defeated into John's office, and said, apparently we've got to work on my communication and inspiring techniques because this guy has no desire to be in a small group. So we get that. We get the elephant in the room. We get that there's people that just don't want to be in a group. But the question always comes back for us in leadership, why? Why do some people just not like this idea of being in real community, real Christian fellowship, with other believers. And if you have your outline this morning, it's on there. What is your reason if you're not connected to other people here at Shepherd's Gate? Now, if you're new, you get a pass because you're checking this out. But if you call this place home, we want everyone, actually we want 100% of people that call Shepherd's Gate home to be in community. And so often the reasons that we hear, number one is always work. And so you have people that say, I just work so much. I barely see my wife. I barely see my kids. How in my world am I supposed to make time for a small group? And so there's a challenge there, right? Because what are you doing? Why are you working all those hours? Are you working to live or are you living to work? Or people with kids, they'll say all the time, they'll say, listen, I've got 12 kids and all 12 kids are in 12 activities. You don't understand. And uh, Pastor Tim, Pastor John, if you could, could you just add services every night of the week so that whenever you can like, you know, coincide with the soccer and the football and the cheerleading and everything else on the planet because our life is just so crazy and it's even hard to come to church. I know for several people we hear this one, it's aging parents. 
And so a big segment of our congregation is now dealing with that, and we know that takes a lot of time and energy, and so it's tough to even think about being in a small group. And the one that probably breaks our heart the most are the people that were in a small group and something happened. Somebody said something, feelings were hurt, or maybe there was an awkward couple that just didn't fit, and so you were like, you know, listen, I tried it, I checked the box, I, I did it, it didn't work out, it wasn't what I was expecting, please stop trying to get me in another small group. But again, our value of small groups is so important here at Shepherd's Gate, and it really goes back to the heart of God and what we believe the Bible teaches, because from beginning to end, from the first book to the last, every letter, every psalm, every proverb, all talks about being in community with other people. Because here's the reality for you and for me. The devil would love nothing more to convince us that we can go through life alone. Did you know that? And we live in a society that actually encourages us to be alone. It encourages us to go it alone. It encourages us not to divulge what's actually going on in our lives. It encourages us not to ask for advice. And certainly we would never go to somebody and ask for financial advice or marriage advice or all of this because we're supposed to be experts in these fields. And so why would we ever ask for anybody else's help? And that's exactly where the devil wants us to be. He wants to get us alone. He wants to get us away from the flock, get us away from other Christians, and then he begins to attack and attack and attack. And that's when hardships and discouragement and sins start to seep in, and all of these things begin to take place because a person has completely isolated themselves, and I'm telling you, the devil can do his best work. What's so interesting is you look to the Bible and be, because I like things in order and I'm a type A personality, I just go right back to the beginning. Just go right back to the garden where God places the first man. Think about this. It's one person. It's a man. He's in the garden. He has everything he could possibly need. He has access to all of the animals, all of the fruit trees, all of the food. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't have to do anything. He's just enjoying life. In fact, he doesn't even have to deal with sin at this point. And he's in perfect relationship with God. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read that God said, it is not good that man should be and, and a lot of people use this as a wedding passage, right? This is, this is often heard in weddings, and so we think, okay, so this is in the context of marriage, but this passage is so much more at going after the heart of God and what God values than just the institution of marriage. It's interesting, as you heard, Father's Day is just a few weeks away, right? And it's kind of interesting when you ask dads, well, what do you really want on Father's Day? And isn't it interesting that so often the response is, I just want to be left alone, Don't force me to go to church, even if they got motorcycles. Don't, you know, I don't care what the gift is, blah, you know, whatever. Let me go golfing, let me go fishing, let me go for a bike ride. I just want to be left alone. And this is what's so key in this passage, right? Because God didn't go to man and ask man his opinion. Because if he would have asked man his opinion, all of us men, let's agree on this, we would have said, hey, we're fine. This is great. We don't have to do anything. Everything's provided for us. It was God that said... It was God that said it is not good for man to be alone because relationships and community go at the very essence and core and the heart of our God and his desire to connect us in community with one another. And not only does God model this and not only does God show us, but he shows us this in the work and the person of Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about this, that when Jesus came to this earth, and he began his ministry. The very first thing that he did was start a small group. In fact, in Matthew, it says this. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately, these guys left their nets and they followed him. 
here's my question for you this morning. Did Jesus have to have the disciples in order to do the ministry that he did? If you actually think about it, if you actually read through the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they actually probably prevented him from doing ministry, right? Think about all the times that the disciples got in Jesus' face and said, hey, you know, we gotta do this, or you should do this, or you shouldn't do this, or they were trying to get him to do things their way. Or when kids would come to Jesus, or women would come to Jesus, or those who were sick would come to Jesus, and they would push him away, and Jesus always had to say, hey guys, what are you doing? This is not what this is about. I'm a relational God. I want to connect with people. We will stay out here until every person is fed. We will stay out here until everyone is ministered to. And Jesus models this idea of 12 disciples for us. And let's be honest, it's not like they were security guards, right? It wasn't like the secret service for Jesus. They were terrible at that. They ran away when the security came, to, when the soldiers came to get them. But he did this on purpose. He was driving home this value and this point. And isn't it even interesting that out of the 12 guys that Jesus picks, one of them doesn't even work out. Can I get an amen? Guess what? Some of our small groups here at Shepherd's Gate, sometimes individuals and couples don't work out. Amen. Do you know why? Because we're all sinners and small groups are messy and sometimes people say things they shouldn't say and they do things they shouldn't do and they hurt people's feelings. But guess what? That doesn't negate the fact that God has called us into community with each other. And you see, as our church gets bigger, we also have to get smaller at the same time. I mean, it it, it still blows my mind that two weeks ago at the 10 o'clock service there was 50 people up here that want to join our crazy family we call Shepherd's Gate. 50 people, some of them might be sitting in your chairs this morning and you're kind of upset about it. (laughs) Somebody that took your parking spot, right? And now, guess what? John and I just spent all of May interviewing all of them. I mean, it takes a lot of time. We love doing it. And most of them actually want to be in small groups. And what we'll hear from our long-term members all the time is this. Well, just put them all in a group together by themselves. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's really integrating into the body of Shepherd's Gate. No, we have to be willing to bend and to move and be movable and welcome people in and expand our existing small groups while at the same time finding the people that have called this place home for so long that were in small groups back in the day and now they feel like they get a pass. You don't get a pass either. God's calling you in a community for your own benefit and for the benefit of the other people that call this place home. What's so interesting is that John Crawl, who uh, heads up our pastoral care ministry here with Greg Robinson, he runs a report every so often about members who aren't attending worship services. And so what he does on, a yearly, on, on these quarterly times is he looks at anybody that hasn't been in worship for the last year. And so he just did this in May. So anybody that didn't attend worship from last May to this May. And usually there's dozens of people on this list. But guess how many people were on the list this time around that he ran the report? Three. Three men, all of which their wives and their kids have been coming, but for some reason these three guys have not been in our worship service for an entire year. But here's what it's telling us. People value being here. They understand that this is a church that has a high commitment to its members to be in worship faithfully, to be in small groups, to give sacrificially. We're doing an incredible job with people being here. But guess what? Our end goal is not to get your butts in the seats on Sunday morning. 
That's not our end goal is to have, you know, the, the, the attendance tracker be what it's supposed to be. Our end goal is for your life to be changed by Jesus Christ. And we believe life change happens best in the context of small groups. And if you're not in a small group, then you're limiting the, the opportunity that God has to pour into you to have other people come alongside you to pray with you and to read God's word with you and yes, hold you accountable and help you navigate this life, help you with raising little kids, help you with aging parents, help you with being an empty nester, help you with all the things that people in our congregation face. We need this kind of community in our church and I'm so amazed that because of what Jesus modeled for the disciples, because of the way that he led the disciples, they in turn then started that movement in the book of Acts. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the dead and then he appeared, uh, he appeared to so many different people and then when he ascended before the disciples, the next thing you find are the disciples doing this. I want you to see this. Day by day, they attended the temple together, right? They went to church together and they, and they broke bread in their homes. See, it's a both and, it's not an either or. They received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people and because of that, God added to their number day by day those who were being saved because there was an infrastructure there, there was a community there, there was an opportunity for people to belong to the body of Christ. And many of you, you know how passionate I am about small group ministry here at Shepherd's Gate and just how incredible it is that we have so many people connected into small groups so that last year we decided to make a strategic hire on our staff that we would hire somebody that this would be their sole responsibility. We wouldn't burden them with anything else but overseeing small group ministry and trying to add more and more people into small groups. And so I want you to give a warm welcome this morning to Al Kemp as he comes at this time. So this is Al, who started on staff in October, and when he applied for the position, we were actually kind of surprised by it, because he's been very successful in the business world, he's been in sales, and been in management, been in all sorts of arenas, and uh, you applied for the position, and tell us why in the world you applied for the position, and how's it been going these last eight months? Well, I, I, always, <clears throat> I always knew um, in, in recent years that I wanted to do something, once I, once I stopped in the corporate world, I wanted to do something uh, more than just attend church or be in a, in a group on, a, on a, a Friday evening or whatever. I wanted to spend more time at church. I wanted to do more. And uh, I retired from corporate life about four years ago. Um, that lasted about six months. <laughs> I got drawn back in, and I'm trying to draw my way back out. But about ten months ago, um, in the bulletin, there was a little blurb in there about... Uh, Looking, Shepherd's Gate was looking for somebody to head up the small group uh, ministry, small group coordinator, and it just jumped off the page at me. Uh, when I saw that, it just like bang hit me right between the eyes and said, "This has got your name written all over it." And uh, I applied for it, and uh, I think I was the only candidate, so I was hired for the job. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so insanely blessed to have you. Your years of experience working with people, we knew we needed to have someone that was highly relational. 
Uh, tell us, like, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced? Oh, the, 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 there's many challenges out there, but the blessings far outweigh them. I guess, I guess one of the biggest things, um, and you, t you talked about it a little bit earlier, you couldn't, couldn't have said it any better. This church started from seven families. Well, if it would have stayed at seven families, none of these people would be here today. Um, but it was a willingness to start with seven families and branch out and branch out and branch out. And probably one of the biggest hurdles is um, there's 35 groups out there today. They're all very tightly knit, and they have, they have couples that they've been with for a long time. And there's not the willingness to, willingness to expand those groups like I'd hope there would be. Um, you know, we, we go to a new restaurant or something, and we say, oh, we love that restaurant. What do we do? We talk to our friends about it. Or we get a, a vehicle and we say, this is the greatest thing. You know, what do, we, what do we do? We tell our friends about it. Well, we all love our small groups. Well, why don't we tell our friends about it and, and get our small groups in, or our friends into these small groups? We try to keep it a little too closely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the hurdles that's tough to get over. And there's a lot of groups that have expanded. I mean, there's, I'm not saying this about everybody. There's a lot of them that have expanded. Um, the other is uh, the willingness to, to, the unwillingness to lead. Uh, again, we get very comfortable, and I've been in, this is a third group that we've, my, my wife Jane and I have been in. You get very comfortable in that group, and you get, it's a very nice setting, it's a very, very warm feeling, and it's like, I don't want to step out and lead, but we need people to step out and, and lead. And if you're, if, you, if you're tugged at all in your heart to lead, take that step out and lead. That's awesome. I know today you wanted the congregation not only to hear from you, to see you, to know who you are. In fact, um, we haven't even given Al an office, and we've done that on purpose. His office is actually in the fellowship hall every Sunday morning, uh, the second uh, high table that's in there, so he can connect with people, because <laughs> we want him here on Sunday mornings and then in homes during the week. So that's really, truly what your job is, and, and you're just doing a fantastic job. But you also wanted uh, the congregation to meet some of the house church or small group leaders, and just talk a little bit about that. So I know you have some today. Right, I, come up I have and help Diane us. Teller is going to join us. She can come up, and AJ and Shannon Savona, I believe they're here. Can you give them a hand as they come, have up they this can time? come up also? There's a microphone right there, Diane. We saved the couch for you guys. Since you have the microphone, Diane, we'll start. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, how long has your How long has your group been meeting? How How tell us Tell us a little bit about the group. How long um, has it been? There's six couples currently. Um, six families represented. Two of the couples um, were original members. My husband and I came on about eleven or twelve years ago. Um, I was, we weren't, we were just asked to join at that time. At that time, the group was made up of families. We were doing life together. Our kids at that time were all elementary school, a couple in junior high. Um, now we've got some married. Almost all of them are in college. I think there's one remaining in high school. So it's kind of changed to just the couples now. We don't, you know, when we originally started, the kids were there every week. The kids were friends. The kids would do their own little Bible study and play together. And um, so we just did life together. And it's um, now we're becoming empty nesters together and supporting each other. Do, what is it? What's a traditional meeting time like? What? What? Uh... So we'll gather. We rotate homes. We'll set up a schedule twice a year. We try and do it and say 
these are the two times every month, two Fridays every month. We gather at somebody's house, we rotate that. So it's not always at somebody's house. Um, you gather, have a little conversation, warm up time. Um, then we do a study, um, usually through the Right Now Media, or we found some videos or DVDs. Um, and then after the study, then we usually stick around from anywhere to an hour to two hours and just socialize and have dessert. Gotta have dessert. Amen. And uh, just sometimes we have more bonding and serious conversations actual, after the actual study. Mm -hmm. And as far as um, away from the, the times that you meet, is there a lot of communication or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we all reach out to each other during the week or, you know, illnesses or hospital visits or funerals <laughs> or, you know, happy moments, graduation parties. We've all been part helping our, the other families with graduation parties and we've done servant events and um, so it's golfing. Not, so it's not, just, it's not just meeting and studying. No two Fridays a month for... No, we've really, we've really grown to do life together and hmm. be there for each other through ups and downs. And we know that we can reach out if we need a favor and call somebody and they'll be there. Okay, okay. AJ, can you tell, tell us a little bit about your, about your group? Well, our group is uh, relatively new. Uh, we just formed in October and we're actually kind of inspired by, by you. Um, so we were in a, a small group previously, and you know we had heard that there was other young families that needed a, a small group or were interested. So Shan and I decided, you know, uh, listened to what Pastor Tim said, and we decided that we would uh, we wanted to create an opportunity for other people to experience the same, you know, growth that we have with our for our family. So that's why we did it. One of the, one of the things about Savona's group that is a prerequisite is that you have to have little children. So if, if there's you know so. I couldn't really be in your group. I wouldn't fit well in your group. <laughs> but but uh, although sometimes I act like a little child. But other than that, um, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring groups together or, or form new groups when we form new groups um, with people in the same seasons of life. Call it the same seasons of life. So people in, the same, in your same age group uh, that, you know, that have children and, uh, and then bring, bring them together. So how long have you been, how long have you been meeting? Well, this, this is our first year uh, with the new group, and we started in, I think, October of 17. So, um, you know, things have been going pretty well. I think we're up to uh, five families now, and I think 17 kids. So they're all, all, uh, all under seven. So it does get uh, pretty pretty. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Shannon, I know we, we had talked, and, and you, were, you and AJ were involved in a small group. You had been involved in a, in a good small group, but you had a desire to maybe step out. Can you just share a little bit about your Abs feelings? There? Absolutely. So um, I'm just going to go back a little bit. Five, five years ago, AJ and I were invited to join a, a small group, a house church, and uh, we reluctantly said, said yes. Um, life was very busy for us at that time with a two-and-a-half-year-old and a and a, a baby so um you know working parents just busy schedules life was crazy we were sleep deprived but we we said yes and it was it was great from the beginning um we established great friendships with that group um still to this day our children are 
very close with all the children from that group and um, it was it was a great ride you know but <clears throat> for some reason I felt like God was really kind of knocking on my door to say hey let's uh, maybe it's time to to branch out and start a new group so we had gotten wind that there were some other young families that might have some interest and it just so happened to be on the Sunday morning that Al was being um, sworn in as small group coordinator and um, I was standing at the back of the church and I noticed that he was sitting right behind my husband which was really odd because I don't normally see where Al sits on Sunday mornings up until that point so I felt like gosh this is really a sign so hmm. after that service I it just kind of blurted out of my mouth. I didn't really plan it, but I said, Al, if there's other families that might uh, be interested, you know, I, I'd be willing to talk, you know, if we could maybe start a new group. And it was that following week that he had some families for us. And it's been, it's been really great. We've been meeting since October, and um, the relationships that we've formed so far have been amazing. Um, we pray for each other. We support each other. Uh, one of our families just had a baby this week, so that's really exciting for us to be able to support them and, and be there for them as they are for us with um, aging parents and you know just the struggles with parenting and discipline and all of that so it's it's been a really great experience so so you're meeting t twice a month uh, a couple times a month our group meets um, th uh, every third week uh, so it's a little more flexible for us it works out well um, as the kids get a little bit older maybe we'll up that to twice a month but for now it seems like it's a good fit uh, we typically try to uh, be flexible on the arrival time and Friday evenings we do anytime after 6 arrive we start our lesson at 7 uh, we do about a half an hour lesson and then we do some fellowship with um, some desserts for the kids but it's really really fun to see the kids uh, enjoy their time together and um, just have their own little fellowship and, and to see them looking at us as putting God first in our lives is, is really special and important too. I think it's a good lesson for them. Great. Awesome. Wow. Well, and we want to kind of show you as well uh, what a small group looks like from start to finish. This is actually the video of the group that you were in and then God led you to start this new one. But let's watch this together. This will really truly give you an idea of what a small group looks like start to finish. your life is you know sometimes it seems like it's it's insane to try to get one more place in the week but every single time we meet we leave here saying wow we really needed that and we are so glad we came I don't just come for the cookies and barbecues and stuff and that my favorite part is really the, uh, the Christian friendships and the, and the Christian families we get to, to spend some time with uh, a couple times a month uh, and kind of do life together it's fun
for me growing up, it was always very special to have um, my close friendships and relationships with uh, other kids from church, and I always wanted that for, for our kids. So just to see the kids all grow together in their faith and when they get excited to see each other at church on Sundays, it's just, uh, it's really special and, and important for, for them as they grow in their faith. So It's a great way to have a group of friends that if something comes up just in our everyday life, which it always does, um, if there's any issues, we know we have a group of people that we can contact and we can have them praying for us and we can reach out and we can have that support and that um, just the support from other Christians and knowing that they're praying for us and um, showing us the love that we need in times of difficulty in our life. Getting together to socialize and, and, and talk in a, amongst a group of other Christian-minded people, it was really uh, comforting and not as nearly as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. And uh, now it's something I look forward to every time we go. Now, if you would, the ushers passed out a card on your way in. Uh, if you would just pull that out. And we know some of you, you might be like, listen, I'm not ready to necessarily sign up to be in a small group. But maybe you'd be interested in visiting one. And so Al has actually set up some stuff this summer. It's a perfect opportunity. He's got some families that are willing to open up their backyards, do some backyard barbecues, just for you to get to mingle and get to know some people. Not a huge commitment. Go once or twice or maybe three times to see if this might be something that you'd be interested in joining. But these are just kind of our final challenges today. Uh, is if number one is if you would consider visiting a group if you're not in a group. Uh, the second one is maybe you would assess your current group and just seeing as God is blessing our church as our church continues to grow, if maybe you're entering a season where God would call your group to split so that more people could be part of small groups here at Shepherd's Gate. And then uh, lastly, as you heard Al uh, talk about just kind of some of the needs, we're really in need of people to step up and be leaders of groups. And uh, so I want to let you just uh, have a final say on that, because I know that's something that's, uh, that's really pressing, being able to move forward. Yes, if, if anybody has any questions or, or any thoughts of, of wanting to lead a small group, please get in contact with me. You, Tim, described where my office is, next, just to the left of the decaf coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of the Oreo cookies. Uh, just please stop by and, 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 and chat with me or, or give me a call or... Uh, or email me or whatever, but um, I think you'd find it very rewarding. And can we thank Al for all his work and just <laughs> And will you stand with us? We're going to close in prayer, and um, Al is going to close us this morning. Thank you, Diane and AJ and Shannon for for sharing with us. If that video really summed it up and says it all. So. Uh, one last thing, the little cards that Tim was talking about, if you do decide you want to fill one of those out, please leave it with the, usher or the ushers or there's a basket by the door when you go out. So, okay. Um, please play, pray with me. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the opportunity that uh, you give us to come and worship here on a regular basis. We thank you for all the, the messages, the songs, uh, the sharing that took place today. Lord, put it on our hearts to, uh, to, to pray about, think about uh, our commitment level for small groups, for small group leadership, and just where you want us to be in, in this process. Lord, take us home safely now to our families and friends, 
Help us to enjoy the rest of the day. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Now receive the blessing of our Lord this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, there's prayer partners coming here.